Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson, you probably know that. So, pulling back the curtain, I am recording this on Friday, the 21st, because tomorrow I am going out of town on a vacation we do every year, Deer Valley YMCA camp, there's no uh, internet really there, very little cell coverage, kind of disappear right before the season, and something we do with the family every year, love it, it's one of our favorite places, blah, blah, blah. Um, I also will, during that week, will be scooting over to camp, which is only like an hour and a half drive from there, but only to do a quick three-hour radio show with Dale on Thursday and Friday. And then Friday, I move in for good at Latrobe in the dorms, back old school. So why I tell you that is this is going to be the only podcast you get from me this week. I assume you're listening to this Monday, but you might have noticed that I often go throughout the the internet and there's a, I don't know, there's 10 or 12 sites I hit every day and I pull little nuggets. I cut and paste and I have this file going of things I want to discuss with you. And since the next time I'm going to talk to you will be from camp with practices already done, I assume I'm going to be talking about stuff that hasn't happened yet as opposed to analysis from the off season and before. So, I am calling this the Loose Ends Podcast because I have all these random nuggets that I haven't yet been able to bring up with you guys that I just want to check them off the list. Make sure you hear them at some point. You can probably listen to this pod. You're probably going to get two podcasts in one, really. This one will be a little beefier all over the place. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. I just have bullet point after bullet point that I want to talk to. And here we go. Just because I'm going to make sure you guys get this knowledge and I'll interpret it the best I can as usual. So, two scheduling notes that are interesting and are both favorable for the Steelers. Pittsburgh does not face a single opponent that is coming off a bye. So, I mean, you can look at the Steelers' schedule and be like, boy, they got nice rest here. That doesn't look like a tough road trip. But you'd have to go through every other team's schedule and be like, well, what's their rest or what's their situation leading up to the Steelers' game? Well, they're not playing a team that is going to have two weeks to prepare for them. That's great. That's rare. They also travel the 12th fewest miles of any team in the league. If you add up all their road trips in terms of air mileage, only 11 teams are going lesser distance. And that includes trips to L.A. and Seattle. So there's a couple big ones, but a lot of shorties, which is great. Okay. Again, this is just random. Just things I'm just throwing out there. I didn't know this till this week. Since Najee Harris came in the league in 2021, that's two full seasons, no player in the NFL has more touches. Obviously, quarterbacks do, but no skill guy has more touches than Najee Harris, which leads me to this week's um, article. Usually, I summarize that more, just kind of ran out of time. Go check that out. It's a very Najee-heavy, Steeler run game, efficiency type of article. And it also harps on this, and I tell you a lot. Harris is not a big playback, though. He's gained more than 20 yards on just five of his 579 career carries. 579 career carries, only five of them have gone for 20 yards or more. That is who he is. I mean, live with it. It's probably not going to change. Now, this leads me to Jalen Warren. Warren chipped in with 593 total yards on 105 touches as a rookie, but was more efficient than Harris in just about every department. Among backs with 50 or more carries, 
he averaged 4.9 yards per carry. That was 15th with a run of 10 or more yards at the 10th highest clip and a 45.5 success rate, which was the sixth highest clip. I'm not telling you Warren's better than Harris. I just think that they're really good compliments. And I'm not saying he's Amos Zaraway to the big back, but he's more that to me than the every down workhorse. Go read the article. I'm, I'm done telling you on that. Okay. This makes me a little crazy. Um, Pittsburgh ran jet sweeps 10% of the time last year. Easily the highest rate in the league. While a staple of their run game was inside jo- zone with jet motion before the snap. So that doesn't mean they handed it off every time, but you guys have seen a lot of jet motion. Um, I also told you this is a heavy zone team. That's a big thing I talk about in the article. Harris finished second among running backs in runs out of zone concepts last year while ranking fourth in his rookie season in terms of touches, carries. And the Steelers ranked fifth in the NFL in run plays off pre-snap motion, which made up about half of their total run plays. Probably doesn't shock you at all when listening. You're watching games on Sundays. Another thing I've talked about a lot this week is targeting the middle of the field. They targeted the middle of the field just 20 to 20% of the time last year. I, that means between the numbers. A bottom 10 rate in football. There was essentially zero presence of a screen quick game from this offense, which led Pickett ranking dead last among qualified quarterbacks in yards after the catch per completion. So there's a lot of talk about this is a dink and dunk offense, and it was with Ben. But if you listen to the podcast earlier this week, Pickett's was really efficient when he was getting the ball out super quick. It just didn't happen very much. That might need to increase the quick game because it's going to help with after the catch stuff as well. Another tendency that's strong is the Packers and Giants are the only teams that ran the, the ball more often from a bunch set. You know, you can see three receivers all bunched together to one side. Well, the Steelers had a bit of a tell there, too. It goes back to predictability. Bunch, look for run more than you do against most teams. This is another thing that doesn't exactly scream great coaching, but, hey, we're not here to candy coat things. In third quarter scoring, the Steelers ranked 30th in the league. It's pretty bad because immediately my thoughts are, without dissecting every game, Halftime adjustments are coaches. You know, you've got, especially when you run the ball well, you're starting to wear teams down. Third quarters, you should come out there and continue to hand it to them or, you know, be better. You got to score more than 30th most points in the third quarter. And therefore, their third quarter point differential for the year was minus 15. Um. A couple of little TJ Watt nugget here, and then we'll go for a break. This comes from Touchdown Wire. They do really good work. You probably know this, but they were eight and two with Watt in the lineup last year. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be 14 and three if he plays every game, but <laughs> they're eight and two with him in the lineup. Since <laughs> TJ Watt came in the NFL, the Steelers' first round pick in 2017. No edge defender has amassed more total pressures than Watts 241. And that's with him missing seven games due to injury in the 2022 season. It's pretty darn impressive. Miles Garrett came in the league the same year. 
Now, Bosa and Parsons haven't been around that long, but since Watt has been in the league, he leads the league in pressures, and that was with seven games missed. You know, pretty darn good. Superstar. All right, like I said, I will be back in a moment and got more of this these nuggets on what I am calling the Loose Ends Podcast. All right, here's some a little bit of overlap from what we've talked about all week, but still noticeable. Make sure you know these things. 11.3 of Pickett's targets routes were go routes. Third highest rate among qualified quarterbacks. Makes me crazy. 5.8 of his pass attempts were screens. That was 29th in the league. Also kind of makes me crazy. And dead last in slant route target rate. Also kind of makes me crazy, which is going to lead me to Pickens. Pickens should be your slant guy. Deontay's great at him as well. Um, And despite Pickett having the mobility to roll out of the pocket, the Steelers rarely called play action. Pittsburgh used play action just 19% of the time last season, 29th in football. That also makes me crazy. Once Pickett took over in week four, his play action drop back back rate of 18.6 was the fifth lowest rate among qualified quarterbacks. He ranked fifth in the league in pass attempts from outside the pocket. You should continue to throw on the run going forward, but let's see it set up with more play action, which I 100% agree. Let's see play action boot, you know, things like that. Uh, The Steelers ran a lot of bunch formations. As I mentioned before, Uh, they use bunch formations 10% of the time. That was eighth highest rate in football. And their, their plays out of bunch were fifth most. Uh, Pickett was pretty efficient when throwing out a bunch, fifth in passing yards, sixth in yards per pass attempt. Bunch doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's just something they like to do. Fine. I'm not saying that's that's good or bad. Some picking stuff here. His rookie season was up and down, but he finished with just over 800 yards and four touchdowns on 52 catches. Uh, He was more productive with the rookie under center. And Pickett gave him more opportunities down the field. So in those 13 games with Pickett, Pickens averaged nearly two more receptions, 23 more receiving yards, and 6.4 more PPR points per game. I got this from a fantasy site. If you look at the 13 games with Pickett under center, Pickens was eighth among all wideouts in deep targets with 20. And over the course of the season, his 15.6 ADOT was the ninth highest among qualified receivers. I'm not saying Trubisky hated Pickens, but the Pickett-Pickens thing is better than just staring at Pickens' rookie season. He also demonstrated tremendous contested catch ability, hauling in 19 of 28 contested catch opportunities. He ranked 18th in fantasy points per target and 15th in quarterback rating per target. You'd like to see him run more than just go routes, but he was flashed tremendous upside last year. So this is the next nugget comes from NFL.com's advanced stats. And they have a stat called catch rate over expectancy. And they judge exactly where the defender is, what percentage of the time you should catch every target given to you. And Pickens came in second in the whole league, not just rookies, of catch rate over expectancy. I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, not a ton of other nuggets in there, 
But they also talk about how most of it's vertical, you know, that type of thing. Here's another Pickens nugget. Of all receivers that ran 50 routes, this is something I came up with. So there were 81 wide receivers that ran at least 50 pass routes last year in the league. So of all those guys, he was 76th out of 81 in targets per route run. What percentage of the time does the ball come your way when you release into your route? 76th out of 81. That needs to change. One of my favorite receiver stats is yards per route run. Well, it's hard to rack up yards per route run if you're not getting targets per route run. Follow? Still, out of those 81 that qualified, he was 76th in getting the ball thrown his way, but he was 55th in yards per route run. That's probably as big a discrepancy as there is in the league in terms of when you threw me the ball, I got yards, but you didn't throw me the ball. You know, so being 55 is not great in a nutshell, but when you're 76th in targets, being 55 is tremendous. Uh, here's some other stuff here. Again, like I said, just a lot of random notes today. During the second half of the 2023 season, after, or actually that 22 season, they wrote this wrong, after the bye, the Steelers ranked seventh in scoring rate per drive and third in yards per drive. And the, the, the writer says, no, that's not a typo. Only the Chiefs and Lions were gaining more yards per drive from weeks 10 through 17 than the Pickett-led Steelers. Pretty good. Yeah, you're in the offensive conversation with the Lions and especially the Chiefs. You'll take it. Um, here's my last thing, and we're going to talk Patrick Peterson. I mentioned the Touchdown Wire site. I like their work quite a bit. Like ESPN, they've done their top 10 lists of every position, as so many people do this time of year. And I was blown away to see this, and I should have mentioned it when it happened a month ago when it came on the internet, but they had Patrick Peterson as the 10th best corner in the entire league, still. And they make a pretty strong case for him. So I'm going to read that, and then we're going to wrap this thing up, and then I'm going to go on vacation while well, I'm actually there right now while you're listening to this, you know, pulling back the curtain. And then we're going to talk camp when I return. But anyway, the 33-year-old Peterson made the 10th panel on our best cornerback list with a renaissance season in which he allowed 48 catches on 80 targets but for only 584 yards, only 198 yards after the catch, five touchdowns, five interceptions, nine pass breakups, and an opponent's passer rating of just 77.3. The lowest passer rating he's allowed in a season since 2015, when he was frankly the best corner in the league. In addition, Peterson did all this on a defense run by Ed Donatel that did very little to help its players with pressure schemes and coverage switches switches folks the vikings offense defense was as vanilla as you could get brutal and did not help peterson's cause at all nonetheless peterson was great in both zone and man coverage he had opponent passer rating of 54.2 in zone and 67.4 in man both of which are very good numbers he and here's the only thing i'll tell you Last little nugget on him. A lot of older football players will tell you they wish they could tie the wisdom of experience to the benefits of youthful athleticism. Peterson, who signed a two-year, $14 million contract with the, contract, with the Steelers this offseason, appears to be the rare athlete to bridge that gap. I'm pretty excited what he brings. He's a big-time leader. I loved chatting with him. He's got a great perspective 
on football, life, et cetera, et cetera. And he can still play. So their corners might be better than they were last year. I actually think they probably will. So again, this was a mismatch of everything I've been wanting to tell you guys. And I'm going to wrap it up. And hopefully I'm having a good time. Hopefully you're having a good time. And we will be talking training camp when I return. Over and out. Over and out.